So we're going to look this morning at uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses uh, 1 uh, to 4, uh, where Jesus begins to talk to us about uh, our thoughts about our reputation. Um, and so I want to be clear with you right now uh, at the very outset uh, that reputation is so important. But the problem we have with our reputation is we, we get confused with whose idea of our reputation is the one that is, is most important. If you think it's so important to maintain a reputation before the people sitting around you, you're exactly who Jesus is talking about uh, in this text today. So um, um, that'll be. A, I think this will be a good, uh, a good text for us. Jesus begins the text today by saying the word "beware," and anytime Jesus says to you "beware," you need to pay attention to what comes the, the, to what comes. Uh, after that. And so uh, I'm going to pray now that uh, hopefully we can do that. Pay attention. Jesus, we thank you today that uh, uh, it is for freedom that you have set us free. Lord, there are so many ways that we could think about that, but I pray this morning that we think about the fact that you have set us free from the idolatry of other people's opinions. But more than that, You've set us free from the idolatry of our own opinions. And more than that, we are reminded this morning that our Father sees us and loves us, cares for us, uh, and um, that our reputation with Him uh, is secure. So help us to to enjoy the freedom today uh, that you've given us, that you died to give us, And I pray that uh, it would move us into even greater and deeper faithfulness. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Matthew 6, verses 1 to 4, the text is in the bulletin, also up on the screens behind me. Uh, This is God's word. We should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, you they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will will reward you." Um, one of the hardest things to do in, in my job is to spend time with other pastors who've been fired from their jobs. Uh, that's always exciting, warm, great, you know, because uh, you hope it's not contagious, you know, that uh, you, hope, you hope it doesn't rub off on you, right? That, that sounds terrible. Uh, but uh, the fact is that years and years ago, I was with a young man who had been at his very first job after seminary, and he got fired. And uh, so he wanted to talk to me, and I was talking uh, with him, and uh, he wanted to talk very poorly about the church that he came from, and I, I steered the conversation away to how good the chips were. And then we, uh, we were uh, talking further, and he said something to me uh, that 
He's like, the thing that really bugs me the most about this is, is that all you really have in life is your reputation. And I feel like my reputation's been trashed. And I said, well, you know what? I got some information for you. Your reputation doesn't matter. In fact, you are worse than, you, than people think you are. Uh, and he was just startled. Like, why did I think this, you would encourage me? And I said, actually, I am encouraging you because, because if you get on the treadmill of uh, performing, living, and seeking uh, the praise, the reputational glory from other people, uh, the gospel's meaningless to you. Jesus knows that about us. He's very aware that that is how we function. And so what he's going to do today in, in, in this text, and over uh, really for the bulk of chapter 6, is he's going to re repeat to us over and over again this first verse. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. So, so the fact of the matter is, you know, Jesus knows how tempted we are to, to have the praise and the approval of men and women. And so what he wants us to understand is, is that if, if we practice our faith, and our, our faith is to be practiced, and our faith is to be demonstrated, and our faith is to be exercised in public, it's this He's not saying what we do is just private and we keep everything. No, he, he wants, he, he understands and he recognizes the fact that we will be seen doing the things that God has called us to do. The issue is what's going on inside of us uh, as we practice our righteousness, right? So uh, uh, put my notes up there, Scott. So what Jesus is going to get at here is, uh, in, this, uh, in this chapter is he's going to look at the three pillars of piety that were common, commonly understood among Old Testament, uh, uh, the Old Testament people of God. This is the way we demonstrate our faith. Uh, one of those was giving to the poor, one of those was praying, and one of those was fasting. And he's going to take each one of these and talk about their relative value, but he's also going to talk about how we do that in such a way that lines up with, first and foremost, our identity as children of God, and secondly, lines up with our identity with Jesus Christ. So that's, that, that's, that's really important for us to, to lay hold of today. Now, let me be clear about this, is that one of the things that we, we tend to want to say about this is we need to... Uh, that, uh, that we want to keep this stuff secret. But Jesus has already said in uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 16, that we are to be about the business of shining our light in front of other people, right? In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In other words, what Jesus is, it says there and, and what he says here in chapter 6 line up with one another. You might think that, how can you shine your light before men, and how, at the same time, how can you beware of practicing your righteousness before men? Well, the, the issue is what's going on inside of us and what is moving us and motivating us to do the things that God has called us to do. 
That's what's so important about this. And so what Jesus is getting at here is something that's going on internally. You could have two people doing exactly the same thing, uh, being generous, being gracious in, 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 in a situation, but one is doing it for the sake of reputation so that other people will see and, and recognize them. The other person is doing it so that other people will see and look at Jesus. And that's the distinction here. That's the difference for us, right? And so as, as he unpacks this, this is something that is, is, is so important for us because the question is, what is our motive and who is our ultimate audience? Because the fact of the matter is, you live your life in front of an audience. You do. Let's be clear about that. You live your life in front of an audience. The, the, the question is, you know, which, which audience that you live your life in front of, which is the one that really matters? You see, the one that really matters is what Jesus says here, your father who sees in secret. <clears throat> the fact is we live our lives in the presence of God. We live our lives with God seeing uh, what we do, seeing our motivations behind what we do, and even empowering that and receiving glory from the things that we do. And that's, that's a profound thing for us, to, for us uh, uh, to think about. You know, we tend to think about God seeing us and that kind of stuff is a little bit scary. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus, it, it, the Father looks at his children, delights in them, sees the, 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 the failing and often faltering faithfulness of his children as something rich and beautiful, something that he commends something that he gets a lot of glory for as we do this, not for our own sake and not for our own reputation, but for others. And so that's why Jesus says here that we have to be careful that we're not hypocrites, right? Um, don't do like the hypocrites do. Now, here's, here's the problem with hypocrisy is that it's uh, every single human being who's ever lived is a hypocrite, except for Jesus. We're all hypocrites. None of us ever lives up faithfully and perfectly. None of us does the things perfectly that we say we do and we believe. We've, we, we're off track on that all the time. Um, I, uh, I like to tell myself I'm healthy, and I like to tout, you know, good health, but if you followed me around, you'd see some bad habits. I won't get into them, but uh, uh, they're there. They pop up regularly, right? Uh, so, so the fact is, uh, what, what Jesus wants us uh, to, to get at here is that our acts of righteousness, the things that we do that other people are aware of, that they see, that, that the issue for that is who are we doing that for, right? The issue for that is who are we loving? Are we loving our heavenly father by being, as he says in this text, generous, or are we doing it so that other people will love us, think more highly of us, right? And so that's the hypocrisy there. We're trying to get people to think we love God, but really, in the end, uh, we, we love ourselves, right? So he's, he's going to repeat this over and over and over again. Practice your righteousness in front of other people, but practice your righteousness in front of other people so that it gives glory to God. Now, uh, 
one of the things to note about this is Jesus is going to address here giving to the poor. He says in verse 2, when you give to the needy. And there's, before we go any further on that, we have to look at Jesus' assumption about this. Jesus does not say, if you give to the needy. Okay? Let's be clear about that right off the bat. As if it were optional for the followers of Christ to give to the needy. It is not optional. Jesus' assumption is, if you are his people and you belong to him, you will be generous. You will give to the poor. That's just, that, that, there, there's, no, there's no question. Of, he's not trying to encourage generosity and giving here. He's trying to encourage generosity and giving from a place of, of, of grace and a place of understanding the rich gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. So Jesus assumes that by his example, he was always around poor people. He was healing poor people. He was feeding poor people. He was preaching the good news to poor people. He assumes that by his example and his grace will alert his followers to human need. So the expectation is that if we belong to uh, our Heavenly Father, the expectation is if we belong to Jesus, we should be generous. We should be quick to give. If we see someone in need, we should be quick to, 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 uh, to, to give to that. So that's, that's, that's kind of the baseline here of a place where we, where we need to begin. We're not sitting around thinking, oh, here's an opportunity for me to give so I can get some credit for it. It is... Because of my Savior, because my Father loves me so much, and because he has lavished such gifts, such gifts on me, I am free when human need comes to me, hunger, uh, uh, poverty, whatever, I am free because of who Jesus is to me and what he has done for me to give to that. And I can trust him with the results of that, and I can trust him that he sees it and he understands the, the motive uh, behind that. Now, what Jesus does here is he kind of tells a little bit of a joke because what he says is, look, you want to, uh, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. I mean, think about that for a minute. Kevin gets up here and he makes the announcement about putting money in the plate. And you're like, okay, you reach in your back pocket, you get your uh, checkout, and you turn to your band, and you say, boys, girls, break out the trumpets and the drums. I'm going back here to drop the check in the plate, <laughs> right? I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, were people doing that? Bringing their own trumpet to church so that, hey, everybody look, I'm about to put this in the plate. Let's, you know, make sure everybody understands as... That, that we have a parade here so that you can see that. I don't know if Jesus is making fun of people for that. Well, he's making fun of them. But I don't know if he's making fun of them in some kind of extreme way or people were actually doing that. Apparently, there were some people who do, did that. Because remember, near the end, end of his life, Jesus is sitting in the temple and he's looking at what people are giving. He's looking at their gifts. It's as if he's sitting by the plate back there, and you go back there, and you, you put your check in there, and we always fold them, you know, because we're discreet that way. And Jesus is like, let me see what you got there, Joe. 
Okay. Right? He looks at the tiny little half penny that the widow gives, and he marvels at that, and he mocks the guy who's blowing the horn, giving the million-dollar gift. Why? Well, the, the fact of the matter is, as we, as, as we think about this and as we, you know, kind of begin to un- unpack this, is what you see about that is, is that, that we even take something so rich and so godlike, because giving is godlike, our God is a giver, and we turn that into this kind of self-serving, self-conscious, self-elevating kind of exercise. You know, there's nothing wrong with us uh, uh, recognizing generosity. And there's nothing wrong with thanking people for their generosity. The problem for us is that when our generosity becomes something other than simply a response to the goodness and the grace of God, simply a response to that goodness and grace of God running into and, and confronting human poverty and need, and so that we're set free simply to give to that. I used to be a a part of an organization that really valued philanthropy and really valued giving, and one of the things that always amazed me about it is, as you're walking out of your car into the the building, there's a plaza there with bricks, and there's people's names on the bricks. You know, Fred and Gladys, they gave... 50 bucks for this, for this brick here, you know, and I, which I thought, well, we're walking on Fred and Gladys's brick. I don't, is that, is that a good thing? And then you come inside and they're like, this is the um, Roger Johnson uh, desk, and this is the Joe Brown uh, water fountain, and this is the Steve Shelby handrail going down the steps. I mean, it got, it got pretty granular and, and, and pretty, uh, I don't know, gross in, in some ways that, uh, that, that that was how they recognized people's giving. Well, did, did Joe give that money so that his name would be on a little plaque over the water fountain? So that people would know this guy did this? Well, may, maybe that's okay. But what Jesus is warning us about is, is that we are so self-conscious, right? That what happens to us is that we become so self-conscious that we are not free to live and to be generous in the way in which Jesus lived, died, and rose again to set us free. We, you, people are so self-conscious, we are, aren't we? I mean, we, as, as, as we think about, as you think about what you wore to church today, or you think about as you look around and you judge the people around you for the way they're dressed or the way they, they look and that sort of stuff, we're doing that all the time, aren't we? I mean, the, the fact is, uh, we are so self-conscious about how we look, how we uh, present ourselves, what we do. Uh, it's just a part of being sinners, 
Adam and Eve, when they were created and put in the garden, and the Bible says that they were naked before one another and they had no shame about that, there was no sense of self-consciousness at all. They were self-aware, certainly, but they weren't conscious about how they were coming across or conscious about what other people thought about them. They rested in the fact that their God who had created them loved them and communed with them, and they, they were filled with his love and his care for them, and so they were totally free and, and, and had no sense of their own self-consciousness. We are so self-conscious all the time. We're judging each other all the time. We're judging ourselves all the time. Last night, I, I, uh, often what I do on, on Saturday nights before, uh, before Sunday is I um, try to give myself a haircut and I try to trim my beard. And I'm pretty good at cutting my hair. That's not too hard. But uh, I cannot trim my beard to make it look good for the for just the life of me. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at myself in the mirror last night thinking, you are 62 years old. You are going to stand up in front of 500 people tomorrow and they're going to look at you and they're going to think, what an idiot. Look at that guy. What is wrong with him? Why can't he do better, right? Like, isn't it funny that we're like that? Years ago, uh, at the very beginning of the kind of uh, video camera craze, my brother and sister-in-law bought one of the very first generation video cameras, one of the big ones. And they brought it to my mom and dad's house for Thanksgiving. And they went from table to table filming everybody while we were there eating our Thanksgiving lunch. And I want you to know something. You know, chipmunks are really cute when they eat. People are not. You eating, when you're filmed while you're eating, it is so unflattering. You, I, nobody looks good shoving food in their mouths and chewing. I'm telling you, you might think you make it look good, but you don't. You look terrible. It is, uh, and so I'm, I remember that they just, they were so excited and they're like, let's look at the video. And they put the video in and we're watching it and I'm like, ah, let's turn that off. I don't I don't need to look at that. I don't need to look at myself chewing. And so to this day, when I go to lunch with people, that image flashes in front of me. And I'm like, are they judging me right now? I know I look so stupid when I chew, right? We're so self-conscious because we're so ashamed because that's what sin does to us. What Jesus did in the gospel was set us free from that. You don't need to think about that anymore. You, you don't even, your own opinion in some way, your own self-consciousness doesn't matter. What matters is the approval of your father, and he loves you. He is for you. He has set you free from the tyranny of your own opinion, of your own judgment, and the judgment of others to rest in the completed work that Jesus Christ has done for us so that you are free to give whether anybody ever knows it or not because the Father who loves you delights in your gift. One last thing, right? So um, um, 
Jesus says uh, that here that we have a reward, right? So that you, what you're, you're giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Sometimes people say that these words of Jesus and the, the theme in the scripture of rewards makes uh, the gospel not about grace, but about earning rewards. And nothing could be further uh, from, from the truth. What, what Jesus is actually getting at here is something... Uh, something rich and uh, something uh, wonderful. Because what our reward when we are set free, because we already know we have our Father's approval, our reward is seeing our, a need met through our generosity. Seeing the love shed abroad in our hearts affecting someone else, that's reward enough. And so what happens to us there is, is that, again, we get set free from being so self-conscious about our giving. So what Jesus says is, listen, the people who are living in the freedom of the gospel, the people who are living like children of God, the people who are living like my little brothers and sisters are people who go about living their lives in light of the gospel, in light of the love of, of their Father in heaven, and they simply serve. And they're not concerned about how it looks, or what other people think. And so what Jesus says at the end of time, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he'll sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he'll separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did, when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. In other words, they're simply living their lives uh, in, in light of the gospel, and their love and their generosity spills out and blesses. Jesus sees that. Our Father sees that. We can rest in that today. Uh, Jesus lived and died. He was willing to have his reputation trashed to set you free from being bound up with your own reputation, with yourself, and with others. That's good news for us today. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Hear these words of institution from the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you uh, join me in uh, confessing our sins together? Pray with me. Gracious Lord, we confess that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Depending on our own strength, we stumble. Glorying in our own righteousness, we mock you. 
turning our faces from you, we desire the things of this world to satisfy us. We repent of our self-pity and pride, our cowardice and sloth, our anger and envy. We pray now, Lord, for you to forgive us. Let us hear your voice saying, his blood is your peace, his death is your freedom, his spirit is your power. We pray these things in the name of your most precious son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hear these words of encouragement. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. The scripture